Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us on the Bet US MBA show. Alongside our expert MBA handicappers, Alex Christensen and Josh C. I'm Kate Constable. There were some exciting games last night. I wasn't necessarily so excited about some of the outcomes when it comes to uh, how the spread ended up on these, but very fun to watch. Josh, we were on the winning side of the Knicks game. We had them plus one and a half, and it came down to the very last shot from DeMar DeRozan, and he pump faked. Had he just gone up with it, he might have. that might have been a better shot. What do you think? It uh, probably would have been. I'm, I'm not complaining in the slightest. Um, <laughs> that, that entire play was a little bit weird. I'm not sure it was meant to end up with him. The, the more I watch it, it seems like they were trying to run something for Levine, and it kind of just ended up with DeRozan, who decided, well, I'm just going to do something here, which is fine, um, you know, I guess. But as a Knicks better, uh, it was uncomfortable towards the end there, but <laughs> glad we got it home. Yes, ended up good for us. Jo- uh, Alex, Warriors-Grizzlies, that went into overtime. Warriors were handed their first loss last night. Did you have any plays on that game? I did not, but that was one that I was going to go back and got to watch this morning in kind of a condensed version. These are two teams that I'm incredibly optimistic about. I was able to grab some Warriors to win the title around 15 to 1 at some point during the offseason. We were just talking before show, uh, bullish. Uh, Josh and I are on the Memphis Grizzlies in general. If you don't already have your Grizzlies to win their division ticket, get out there and get one now because it's going to happen. We're going to make it happen, even if they don't. But I just really like both of these teams. It was a fun game to watch. It's amazing to see John Morant finally when he's healthy. I think a lot of people were unaware last season that he was kind of carrying around a few nagging injuries for most of the year. I just really struggled in general with that. You can see what he's capable of. You know, I don't expect him to lead the league in scoring for the rest of the year, but I think we're going to see pretty much the same high level of play from him. And it's been exciting to watch Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson Jr. again finally be healthy playing well this whole team it seems like it's finally starting to come together in memphis that was a big win too and a gutsy one they're on the end of a four-game road trip on the west coast this was a back end of a back-to-back forum the warriors had a rest and then to go into chase center and beat the warriors hand them their first loss in the season i mean that was that was a big one i was on the warriors last night it's a disappointing loss for myself I also uh, was on the Hawks last night. They lost to the Wizards. So two losses, one win for me last night. Tonight will be better. Uh, Josh, you went two and one. You had the Spurs plus six as well, and that hit. So Yeah, that, that was fun. <laughs> so shout out to Dallas's free throw shooting there down the stretch. Well, let's take a look at our overall record. We're doing pretty good as a team. I, I'm emphasizing the team aspect because I am now 50, uh, 50% on the season. So as a team, we're doing fairly well. 32 and 24. Alex is five and six. And Chris, who is not on the show today, uh, he's he's carrying us. He's 11 and five. Josh at seven and four. But we're going to add some more wins with tonight's slate. Before we jump into those games, we'd love for you to head over to BetUS, sign up. We have a promo code for you, NBA2022, gives you a real nice 125% bonus. And you can learn more by checking out the link below this video. We would also love for you to send in some questions. There's the chat feature here, and we will take a look at those and answer them at the end of the show. Also, let us know who you're betting on tonight. We'd love to know if you guys are, are on our side or going against us. Jumping right into things, the magic are in Toronto tonight playing the Raptors. The Raptors are an eight-point favorite at home. 
They just got their first win at home. So hoping to uh, carry some of that momentum into this one. This is also the first meeting between two big rookies, Scotty Barnes and Jalen Suggs. They went fourth and fifth overall. So nice little battle there. Josh, this total opened up at 211 and it's been bet all the way down to 206. Do you like the over in this one? What makes you confident there? I do like, the, I, I'm not confident, let's just put it that <laughs> way, but I do like the over here. Um, I, I got a much worse number than 206, so even more value on offer now, in, in my opinion. Uh, look, my model comes out at 216, and I don't put a lot of weighting on it, particularly in the early parts of the season, naturally. Um, but more so, I think that both these teams offensively uh, match up pretty decently in terms of how the opposing defense's styles come into play. And, you know, when it comes to Toronto, we know they're a great internal defense. They swarm the paint. They do a really good job. Active hands. Uh, the best way to sort of negate that is to spread the floor and basically fire away from deep, which is essentially what Orlando's been doing in the early stages of the season. I mean, there's, I think it's like 42% off the top of my head. 42% uh, of their field goal attempts are coming from deep. Um, so they're not shy to let it fly at all, and and that's certainly going to be the case again tonight. If they're aggressive as well in crashing the offensive glass, which they have been so far this season, and you know coming up with those second chance points, that'll obviously help. Overall, though, I think as well this game is sort of the total anyway is lined in a way that is going to be a very slow paced game, and both these sides are kind of around league average, so I don't think that you know we're necessarily losing too much there. Toronto's offense loves to push in transition. We've seen that to start the season. They haven't done it effectively or efficiently. However, everyone seems to do everything effectively and efficiently against the Magic. Uh, that defense kind of isn't going to prove, uh, or rather provide a whole lot of resistance. So I think, yeah, both these sides are going to get their opportunities to play how they want to play offensively. And as long as we get some nice shooting variants in our favor, I think, yeah, this total looks really, really low, all things considered. Alex? There's only three wins between these two teams throughout this whole season. It is early, but, you know, three wins is not not great. But the Raptors are coming off of their first win at home since before the bubble. So that, that's kind of a big deal for them. Does that carry any weight coming into this game in terms of momentum? It certainly helps. It's certainly nice to kind of, you know, pop the top off that lid, if you will. In general, I think that Josh is on the right side here. Certainly we talked about in the last couple shows. The season so far has been very under heavy. Again, under is hitting around 57, 58% so far. But if you take a look at kind of the market implied lines for the first week or so, the last couple days we've started to see the totals come down. And I think this game is exactly kind of that situation there. Like you mentioned, Kate, open to 211 is all the way down to 206 and looks like it's con continuing to drop down. So the market, again, reacting to the fact that Enders have been very good, trying to make adjustments we've seen in free throw rate and some of the shooting stuff here. But I like what Josh is saying. This is a nice matchup here. And at this point, it's gotten to be so low, I'm probably going to join him on the over. You know, like I said, it looks like it's ticking down. So I'll probably sit here and wait and see if I can get a 205 or something. But over 206 looks like a great play. I had it at 214 myself. Yeah, with this over dropping so much, is that a good strategy to take the over on that? Because at one point, the books did think this was going to be around 211, and now it keeps dropping. What's your guys' strategy there, Alex? It's generally, the NBA is an efficient market. NBA spreads and NBA totals, when they close, are generally a pretty efficient market. And it's not 
the best idea to generally go against the steam, if you will, as some people like to call it. But if you can kind of go through and break apart some of the reasons that, that that's happening and you have some other reasons again. So, you know, Josh went through, talked about some of the technical aspects, given the matchup, given what he's seeing in his model. I talked a little bit about what we've seen the market do the last couple of days. So if you can identify the pattern and become comfortable with it, you know, again, I think this is kind of what we're seeing. These totals come down, maybe a little of a reaction to how well unders have done so far. At some point, overs are coming. So, uh, you know, you kind of want to be on that sooner rather than later. So, you know, it, it's good to look at, I think, over an extended period, maybe game to game. It's not so great. But, you know, as we've seen, unders have been good. And it's, you know, Vegas and the bookmakers aren't going to keep just losing money on unders like this. I like your play, Josh, because the Magic are 0-6 against the spread in their last six games in Toronto. So the over-under might be a good play tonight or, you know, taking the Raptors uh, at plus eight to minus eight. Uh, because the Magic have not covered very well in Toronto. Let's take a look at our official picks for this game. Josh is the only one with a play in it tonight. He is taking the over 106. Moving on to the Kings and the Pelicans. The Kings are finishing up a road trip. They are laying one and a half on the road in New Orleans tonight. Total is at 221. The Kings are coming off of a buzzer-beating win over the Suns on Wednesday. So talk about some momentum. Uh, they're bringing all that into New Orleans. Alex, we're on different sides of this game. You like the Pelicans to win. You're taking them just straight up money line. And I like the Kings to cover the one and a half. Why do you like the Pelicans? It's a dangerous position. Kings minus yeah. one, and we're all unhappy. But, you know, we talked about this a little bit before the show. I take a look at kind of my power rankings and things here. These two teams are, are pretty much the same. You know, on a neutral court, I'd have them at even. We've got the Pelicans at home. Um, you know, I'd have them around a one-and-a-half, two-point favorite. Again, they're pretty close. And it's not that New Orleans is the greatest home court advantage. But I think we're just looking at a slight overreaction here to the Sacramento Kings beating a Phoenix Suns team that they were big underdog to, expected to lose. Phoenix has had a rough start to the season, and, and I'm happy to grab a New Orleans team here that seems to be pretty happy and comfortable now that they've found some structure and some organization here without their star. Instead of trying to get Zion the ball over and over again, which is a great idea, they'd certainly be better without Zion, but Ingram's enjoying being the top dog. Valanciunas has the space that he needs to kind of operate down low. It gives them a little more athleticism on the floor, a little more shooting on the floor. So, uh, you know, again, they'll be happy to have Zion back and try to get him as, as quickly as they can. But I think maybe people are underrating New Orleans here a little bit without Zion and overrating some of the Kings win. You know, again, I'd have this at, you know, New Orleans minus two. So happy to take a plus 110. All right. Well, best of luck to you tonight. I like the Kings to cover. Just because the Pelicans, they're allowing a lot of fast break points this year, 20 per game, and the Kings are averaging the third most fast break points. And that's a lot of what they did against Phoenix is they got out and ran and they got ahead of them and generated some offense through those uh, fast break opportunities. The Pelicans also have been turning the ball over a ton, 18 turnovers per game. You're not going to win a ton of games when you're turning the ball over that much. So I'm counting on the Kings to pull through for me, not just, for the win um, here in our record, but to beat you, Alex. So we'll see how <laughs> that goes tonight. Let's, uh, Josh, you don't have a play in this one. Why, why are you saying off this game? 
I, I don't. Uh, kudos to you both for willing to put your money on either one of these teams in this situation <laughs> right now. Um, but look, I, I come out basically at market here. I had Kings minus two, and I do have both these sides ranked alongside each other in my power ratings as well. Um, but I do weigh home court a little bit more still. Uh, we'll continue to do so, I guess, until I can work out whether that's an efficient strategy or not. So for me, it's just a pass on that assumption and the fact that I don't really think I have a terrific read on either of these teams to start the season. Looking at our official picks, Alex has taken the Pelicans' money line plus 105, getting some plus money there if they win, and I'm going with the Kings minus one and a half to close out their road trip. Turning our attention to the Clippers and the Blazers. This is a rematch of Monday's game. The Blazers are a three-point favorite at home. The total is sitting at 222.5. But in Monday's game, the Clippers crushed Portland 116.86. So this is a little bit of a revenge game for Portland. Josh, you're playing this one. You like the Blazers minus three. Are they going to bounce back in this one? Let's hope so, right? Um, so yeah, look, my number comes out at four and a half here and a combination of a couple of things. I think, yeah, maybe I'm a little bit higher on Portland than most. Uh, maybe I do still weigh home court more aggressively than most as well. And that's how I've landed here. Um, but I do think Portland are at least showing signs of improvement. The second half of the last game, you know, if Dame can continue that and he really mm -hmm. is back, if we want to say it like that. Uh, then that's obviously going to help this Portland team immensely and, and help them play, I think, to the level that a lot of people were expecting of them this season. The Clippers, they're an interesting bunch. I'm pretty confident in my Clippers rating this season. I think, you know, what we've seen from them is kind of what they are in terms of both the best and worst of them. They're going to be a team that relies heavily on perimeter shooting on a nightly basis. And like we saw in the Cleveland game, they're not going to stray from that if it's not working either. Um, so the Blazers can, I think, appropriately scheme for that as well. Uh, I think inside, Portland has a pretty notable matchup edge there, and that's something that hopefully comes to fruition tonight at both ends of the floor as well. The Paul George factor is, is you know, do we get MVP Paul George tonight or do we get the Cleveland Cavaliers right. Paul George? Obviously, <laughs> if we get the Cavs version of him, then, you know, I'm going to be feeling a lot more comfortable about things. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, to an extent, he's going to get his. And it's a matter of, you know, how do you efficiently shut down everyone else around him? And that comes down to making sure, you know, you do close out on the perimeter and do so aggressively and force them inside where they probably aren't quite as comfortable. So defensively, if Portland can do that, I think offensively, they'll sort of take care of things themselves. They're still the number one half court offense in the NBA, despite their hiccups so far this season. Um, again, if we get an efficient Dame to go with that, I think they do take that next step in the early goings and sort of push themselves towards a truer reflection, I think, of what the team's capable of. You mentioned Damian Lillard and the performance he had in the second half. A slow first half in that game, but he went four for 11 from three, 20 points, 10 assists. So he's starting to generate a little bit more momentum, starting to see some of those shots fall. And we discussed earlier in the week with, with shooters like that, eventually their shots are going to fall. Things are going to get rolling for them. I feel like he's right on the verge of that really taking off and happening. So tonight could be a good night for that. And, and obviously that would help your, your minus three pick here. Alex, I'm not on this game tonight because I still feel like I can't get a, a hold on this Clippers team. Do you have a hold on them? 
this is two teams that I felt very negative about coming into the season. I continue to feel negatively about uh, the Clippers were one of the hardest teams for me to figure out, looking at their championship odds, their division odds, their win total, everything, even including their lines for the first couple games made absolutely no sense to me. And uh, I've, you know, not that I'm right yet, but things have borne out kind of the way that I thought they would. It, it's, it's a lot to expect for Paul George to be a borderline MVP caliber player every night. He's got a supported team where, you know, the second best scorer is Reggie Jackson or Eric Bledsoe. I mean, there's just not a lot of help there. Um, and this particular team, you know, they're going to go here against Portland. You know, they did beat Portland in their first meeting of two games ago pretty comfortably. But I think like Josh was kind of saying, we're looking at a slightly different Portland team. As much as that Memphis game was a really bad spot for Memphis, it was nice to see Portland kind of come out, take advantage of that, and really put one on a team winning by 20 points there. So we've got Portland at home against a Clippers team. I've said a bunch of times before, I'm about as low as the Blazers on anybody, but I might even be lower on the Clippers. So I think Josh is on the right side here. It's just a stay away from me because I try to stay away from games where I don't like either team. We try and teach you guys a lot about betting here, but uh, these guys taught me something the other day. I've never been to Portland, but I learned Portland's a terrible place to fly in. Awful. Which might add to, you know, some difficulties in travel for the Clippers. Uh, obviously, that's in favor of the Blazers playing at home for this game. So, Josh. Tiny airport. It's not near anywhere. You always got to, like, kind of stop somewhere before you go to Portland. Just a nightmare. The airport's nowhere near anything. It's it's a mess. So I, I'm assuming you guys don't work that into your, um, you know, how you cap these games, but we'll just leave it as, you know. We not don't not you think about situation. it. What's that? We don't not think about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thinking about our official picks for this game, Josh is the only one playing this. He's playing Blazers minus three at home. The Mavericks are in Denver tonight to take on the Nuggets. Nuggets are minus two right now. The news still has yet to come out whether Nikola Jokic is playing tonight. Right now, he's questionable with that knee injury. Total is sitting at 215 and a half. The Mavericks are three and one on the season, but they don't feel like a three and one team. Every time I watch them, it's I'm, I'm struggling to figure out if they're a good team or not, or if they're playing lesser competition. Josh, what are your thoughts on the Mavs? The Mavs are not a good team. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of like that they're 3-1 and one because I think it's going to provide us some decent opportunities for at least another couple of weeks to keep feeding them. I mean, they haven't been great against the spread, which has been nice for me to start the season. Um, when it comes to this particular matchup, obviously everything's going to come down to Nikola Jokic and his availability here. I think the line probably shifts a couple of points either either way, depending on if he's in or if he's out. Um, if he's in and, you know, we're still seeing a three and a half, even a four, I'm probably still going to get involved with Denver at that point. Um, it's a tough spot for Dallas and it's actually a really tough matchup for them as well. Um, you know, like I said, I, I don't see a lot of positives in how Dallas has started the season. I don't see a lot of positives in their style of play at the moment either. That reliance, like we said yesterday on Luca, pretty much every night to be special is understandable. But at the same time, it's uh, a little bit hindering, I think, in the team's ability to grow and implement whatever it is Jason Kidd's style of play is. I'm still not too sure what that is. Um, and I'm not sure the Mavs players know what that is yet either. But yeah, again, I think that the, the line at the moment is kind of in the middle of where it'll end up, depending on what Jokic does tonight. 
Um, if he plays and you see a three and a half, I think grab it, snatch it up, because I'm pretty much just over a five uh, in this one if he's available. We'll hopefully find out soon whether or not he is available. Alex, if he is, is this a game that you're going to get involved in? Yeah, Josh hit the nail on the head here. You look at this line, it's kind of about halfway. And it's effectively the market is saying there's a coin flip whether or not Jokic is in. If he's in, I think this does settle right around four and a half, five. So as soon as he jumps in, I think we'll get a chance at a three and a half, four for minutes to maybe hours if we're lucky here. But I think it does end up landing pretty close to a five. Anything four or less looks pretty solid to me. Overall, Denver is, is the much better team. Um, you know, you still got to bet against Luka Doncic, who's pretty good. And with Porzingis out, I actually think the Mavericks are a more interesting, better team. You know, they're forced to kind of play a more open, wide open style and just kind of, you know, lean on Luka to do what he does. So um, it could be a fun game. It could be a competitive game. But unfortunately, like we'll say a bunch of times this year, you got to wait and see who's playing it. The Mavs and the Nuggets are both in the bottom 10 in scoring, but the top 10 in scoring defense. So if we look at this total 215 and a half. Josh, do you have a lean either way? Uh, I would probably lean towards the overs here, I think. Um, Denver's defense definitely, I think, has been probably the more impressive for me holistically in terms of a side that's probably performing better than what I anticipated at that end of the floor. Uh, Their offense has certainly lagged behind, but I think that's going to sort of click into gear a little bit. Dallas, again, I think it's a little bit misleading in terms of the schedule and some of the teams that they've played and you know, they haven't exactly come up against high-efficient offenses as yet. And Denver, I mean, doesn't tick that box either. But like I said, eventually, I think things are going to fall for them in that regard. Uh, the pace here should be decent. You know, Denver's still trying to push in transition, especially off of live rebounds. So that'll help the tempo. And I think it'll help as well creep over this total, if that's the case. If Jokic does play, I like the Nuggets tonight. Uh, I had had them earlier today thinking that he might be playing or anticipating that he would. So if if he does, I think I'm going to get involved on the Nuggets here. Mavericks are also, this is a back-to-back for them. They played last night and then had to travel. So some adversity there, but obviously nothing that any team in the NBA doesn't work through on nightly basis is on the, in the regular season. No official plays for us on this one. Obviously still waiting to see uh, if Jokic is playing. So we will check a look at the... Cleveland Cavaliers, they're in Los Angeles tonight, taking on the Lakers. The Lakers are laying eight at home. Total is 221 and a half. The Lakers are coming off of a bad loss. They gave up a 25-point lead to Oklahoma City, gave Oklahoma City their first win of the season. So the Lakers have a lot to prove in this game, or at least need to bounce back in some aspect. But eight points is a lot. Alex, are you with the Cavs tonight? Yep. <laughs> and I think you can tell about how excited I am to say that. It's just simply a numbers play, and that's kind of what you have to do here. I mean, this is too many points. This is too many points based on what we've seen from this Lakers team with LeBron. It's too many points based on what we've seen with this Lakers team without LeBron. I mean, if LeBron plays, you know, I'd be curious to hear what Josh has this number. I have it right about seven, seven and a half. So, you know, at the eight you're seeing versus and the nine you saw earlier, I like it. And again, part of it is kind of a bet on LeBron taking another game off here against a team that the Lakers can't beat without him. You know, I'm not saying that Cleveland could win this game. I haven't bet the money line. I'm not going to bet the money line. But it's just such a big number for a team that, again, might be without LeBron, that's forced to build itself around Russell Westbrook and a less than 100% Anthony Davis. 
I mean, Cleveland continues to sort of figure it out. It's kind of a hardworking team. It's a bunch of guys that are trying to finally to finally trying to put something together in Cleveland after all these years of trying to rebuilding. Again, I'm not super optimistic about the chances of it, but it's kind of one team that's rising versus one team that's kind of sputtering along. What do you think, Josh? I think you uh, nailed it in saying it's just a bad number. <laughs> it's really that simple. Um, my number does come out sort of between a six and a half, seven with LeBron in. So I still, like you said, show an edge with LeBron in. And obviously if he's out, you're going to be sitting on a really nice ticket then. Um, but there's just a lot to not like about the Lakers right now. Uh, their offense obviously doesn't look quite as efficient, I think, as many people anticipated. But that defense is really bad. And that's probably the more worrying sign at the moment because um, it's going to be tough to, to fix it given some of the pieces that they have. I mean, we spoke in the preseason show about you know adding negative defensive pieces like Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony and trying to get them to fit and then having to rely on Anthony Davis to essentially clean it all up, which is more difficult when he doesn't want to play the five. Um, so, you know, it, I, I think that's probably the, the side of the court where the Lakers are in a little bit more bother than offensively. Um, you know, bottom tier, bottom third in basically every metric and category you can look at. Effective field goal percentage allowed, points per 100 possessions allowed, free throw rate allowed, offensive rebound percentage as well, which is surprising in that regard. Um, you know, Cleveland have looked... Feisty, I think, is probably the best word to use. I think defensively, the Cavs as well actually do match up quite decently against the Lakers and can make things uncomfortable, um, which, again, is also aided by the fact that Russell Westbrook is turning the ball over. Like, I think it's one in every five possessions that he has. It's just in incredible, absolutely incredible. 20% of possessions he has end in a turnover. Um, you know, when you're... When you're on that side of the fence, it's extremely uncomfortable. And when you're not on that side of the fence, well, you're always live as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, yeah, like Alex said, the crux of it is it's just too many points. And it doesn't really matter what you think of the Cavs or what you think of the Lakers. I don't think LA uh, deserves this sort of market respect at this point in the season, given what we've seen from them so far. Alex, Josh just rattled off a bunch of stats. The Lakers are in the bottom of the NBA. And how long do we give the Lakers before... To, to get back on track with the season or to start playing well or to gel together because it's all about, you know, they haven't played together much. How many games do we give them to play together before they're just not a great team? You have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You kind of get all season, depending on how your record looks so far. I mean, they're two and three, which isn't great. They're kind of behind where they want to be, but if they can hover around 500 and not have to worry too much about trying to, you know, do anything crazy at the trade deadline or do anything nuts to stretch these guys out towards the end of the season to make the playoffs. And given what we saw with the play-in game, you know, I know LeBron wants to avoid that. They really want to be top six in the West. So as long as they're hanging right around 500 to slightly above 500, they just kind of get to be as clunky as they want till, you know, maybe a month or two left in the season. I would start to get a little bit worried. You know, if, again, if it really looked like they were going to get stuck in that playing game scenario where we know LeBron's not going to get the rest that he needs, or again, they kind of have to run those guys a lot the last month of the season, I'd start to be worried. But uh, it just, I guess you just have to wait. And I don't think it's anytime soon. I'm fairly confident that LeBron is not worried at this point in the season. I think that he'll be just fine. 
Uh, our official picks for this game, Alex and Josh, are both on the Cavs. I don't have an official play here, but I might just jump on the bandwagon with you guys and have some fun tonight watching that one. So um, we will we'll, we'll see. We have a question. Uh, that's the last game we're going to touch on tonight, but we do have a question. Thank you for sending that in. Uh, any good – there is a good matchup between Charlotte and Miami tonight. Any intel on that one, Josh? Um, I, I did – like Miami and lean that way. And then the Bam out of bio news came out and that was kind of an easy way to talk myself out of getting involved here. Um, you know, I, I'm not particularly high on the Hornets this season. I think they are overperforming in the early parts and that we will eventually see some sort of regression there. I don't like how they match up in this one particularly either, um, which is why I did want to get involved in Miami, not just because I thought the line was favorable, but I think the matchup for them is quite favorable. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how the Hornets go against what is a very, very good defense, um, even if it is, you know, not quite at 100 percent. So it's it's a very clear pass for me. Um, if I had to pick a side here, I think I'm probably still going to go with Miami. And that's more so because I don't have a lot of faith or trust in the Hornets, despite how they performed to start the season. I'm with you. I would lean Miami as well with Bam out or questionable for this game. That makes me nervous. I was much more confident um, laying the points when he was in. But and to your point, their defense has been fantastic this year. They play with that blue collar mentality all the time. And I think that goes a long way uh, in games like this against kind of a scrappy Charlotte team. Alex, any any intel on your end? Again, like Miami here, if Bam Adebayo plays, I'm not expecting that. It's generally bad when somebody goes from not on the injury report to all of a sudden questionable. I think Miami is the right side, though. You look at this Charlotte team, they've been pretty solid. They're 4-1, and one, but they're getting a lot of credit for beating what looks to be a bad Indiana team. We just ripped on in Cleveland. Um, they beat the Nets, who have struggled to sort of put it together. That was a bad schedule spot, I believe, also for Brooklyn there. You know, they lost, they lose to Boston and then beat Orlando. There's just nothing for me to be super excited about there. The Brooklyn win's nice. I'll give them all the credit in the world for that. But besides that, they've just kind of taken care of their business here. And if Bam Adebayo is playing, this Miami team is much more talented and focused at this point of the season than anybody they faced. So to have to go into Miami and face that kind of team, I, I think, is a really big challenge. And I'm glad I didn't bet Miami this morning with the Bam news. But if it looks like he's playing, I'm going to go in and do it later for sure. Yeah, so sometimes they're, uh, you know, to not – jump on a line right away and wait and kind of see right before tip off how things play off. Sometimes it benefits you taking that early number and sometimes it's better, you know, to wait and get that full injury report. Let's take a look at our best bets for today. Everyone is taking just touched on the Cavs. Alex and Josh are both taking the points there. Plus eight. Josh is also on the Blazers minus three at home and the over in the Magic's Magic Raptors game. And Alex and I are going against each other tonight. Alex has taken the Pelicans money line plus 105, and I'm on the Kings to uh, have another big win tonight, similar to, uh, well, actually, I hope it's not similar to the Suns game because that went down to the wire and was the last second shot. So I hope they win this one a little bit easier tonight. But uh, that will be a fun game, Alex, for us to, to keep an eye on. We're Back. not getting swept tonight, baby. Yeah, no? You're feeling good? That's, yeah, well, I mean, no matter what happens, we're not going to get swept. We will win a bet. <laughs> that is all we well, have. Well, maybe.
Yeah, I'm not sure. Go back and delete that part. Did you ever think you were going to be betting on the Cavs this early in the season? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're an NBA better, you know at some point you're going to have to bet on certain teams. I haven't bet on the Pistons yet, but it's coming. <laughs> I've bet on the Pistons, I've bet on the Magic, and now I've bet on the Cavs. I'm officially in NBA betting mode. How have those right. gone for you, Pistons? And, and what did you say? Pistons and the... Pistons, not great. Magic. Orlando, one and one, but not great in the process either. Um, and Cavs, well, we'll report back on that one next week. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all we have for you today. We would love it if you would like this video, subscribe to our channel. Follow us uh, throughout the season. We will be back on Monday for another full week with you guys. Have a great weekend.